I am Dr. Bats. Welcome back to Let's Talk. Today we have in the studio with us Cody Bright, the Northeast Regional Director for Reform Alliance. Cody, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Thanks so much, Dr. Bats, for having me. Listen, you guys are doing some huge things at Reform. Uh, Want to talk about Reform Alliance, what it is, who you are, like really get our listeners to learn a little bit about the organization, how you got there, what you do, what your day-to-day looks like, and what are some of the priorities going on. So tell us about Reform. Absolutely. Great. Well, it's a great opportunity to be here, and I thank you for that. Uh, Reform Alliance, we're a national nonprofit organization focused on criminal justice reform, but specifically probation and parole reform. Uh, we've passed 17 bills in 11 different states, uh, helping over 650,000 people. 17 bills in yeah. 11 different states. Yeah. We just got one passed in Illinois. Governor Pritzker signed that a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's our only one this year. We have some current active legislation in Indiana and Iowa, which okay. we saw a lot of good progress last year on. And then uh, Virginia this upcoming year. And then obviously Pennsylvania. But uh, Pennsylvania is home for us. Okay. Yeah. Home for reform. It's home for reform. It's sort of where we were born. Okay. So while we may have offices in D.C. in New York, uh, New York being our headquarters, you know, we were really founded after um, the Meek Mill incident a couple years ago in Philadelphia. Um, say a little about that. All of our listeners don't know who Meek Mill is or about the incident, I would believe. Sure. So, yeah. So Meek Mill is on um, probation most of his entire adult life. So in, two- right. in 2007, he was put on probation. And then 10 years later, he was actually doing a, uh, a music video down in Philadelphia. And he popped a wheelie, and a judge actually then sentenced him to two to four years of incarceration for violating his probation, which is a technical violation. During the recording of a music yes. video. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so it's it's really unfortunate, but that's what we really came about. Unfortunately, you know, there's so many Americans. Right now we have 100,000 people in Pennsylvania that are on probation. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. so many different people. There, you know, there could be thousands of people each day that are getting incarcerated for technical violations. And for that's those right. who don't know, a technical violation is a non-criminal violation. Mm-hmm. Showing up late to a probation okay. officer's meeting, not being able to cross county lines. So if I live in Chester County and I got a job in Delaware County, that's right. Well, I got to ask for permission. My that's kid right. has a soccer game over. You know, I have to ask for permission. That's right. We're locking up people for non-criminal violations. So you know, Meek was able to be released, but there's so many Pennsylvanians who don't have that opportunity. And a lot of that was because of his status and his relationships. I mean, being a, a, a platinum-selling rapper. Yeah, absolutely. That's where they got the free Meek Mill hashtag. You know, that's right. That's right. Well, for the average guy. I mean, Meek Mill without the, the 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 album and the record label would still be incarcerated, possibly. Yeah, and that's what actually led Meek and a couple of our other founders, uh, Mr. Rubin, Mr. Kraft, uh, Jay Z, all being a part of creating Reform Alliance and really trying to make an effort. And you know, because there's so many Meek Mills throughout the country, we want to make sure that's that right. we eliminate that. There's so many Meek Mills within our city, man, within every city across the country. So, so this was really founded by some like some big names. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's because you know. Uh, Meek Mill's personal experiences, you know, maybe, you know, Mr. Rubin and Mr. Kraft haven't had those personal experiences, That's but right. because of their friendship and the, you know, the relationship with Meek, you know, Meek's community has been way, greatly impacted by this. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Meek Mill song? Oh, <laughs> Uh, dream, I think it's Dreams to Nightmares. Dreams to Nightmares. Yeah, there that's you a go. classic. You know, that you got to go with that is, one. That, that what about is, you? That's, oodles and noodles. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and yeah. he actually talks about this issue, right? He says, I, mm-hmm. I have a friend that's a billionaire, and I was trying to explain to him when there's no one home to watch you. Um, so so it's interesting, man. We, we have a saying. I always say mass incarceration is the human rights issue of our time. And it's it's not only the, the, the number of people that are incarcerated, but when you look at who's being incarcerated, right? I mean— being a prison survivor, what I'll share with you is prisons are often used to to house people that have mental health issues, as well as people aging out of foster care. Like you can predict who will be incarcerated. Are those some of the things that you guys look at issues like that? Poverty, poor people are going to be incarcerated at, at higher numbers. People that have challenges in school. 
Absolutely. You know, one of the toughest rhetorics we combat with is the tough on crime. That's right. You know, we need to be smart on crime. You know, the 90s theory of locking up people for offenses and throwing the key away, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't work. As no, we can tell, you know, no. America has one of the most high incarcerated individuals, you know, across the whole world. And our ju- criminal ever. justice. Ever. Yeah. Ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's obviously not working. So there, there has to be change. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, one of our main points at reform is we want to increase public safety. Well, increasing public safety means people who need the mental health treatment, they need substance abuse treatment, you know, drug and alcohol. That's they right. need to get that treatment. Locking them up is doing what? That's right. Workforce development. Absolutely. Like, that's beautiful, man. That's so when beautiful. you get incarcerated and then you don't get the treatment or the medication that you need while in prison, or if you get it while you're incarcerated, when you get out, if you don't have Medicare, you know, you I'm sorry, if you don't have Medicaid, you're not able to get the medication. That's right. that's you know, right. and so, so it's a it's a revolving door. We're it's trapping people in the system. Right. Yeah. So, so you all do a lot of advocacy work. You talked about bills and things like that. Do you provide direct services at all? Absolutely. So we actually don't provide wraparound or direct services. What okay. we do, though, is uh, we do a couple of things throughout the community. We have a national community grant partnership program. The last two years, I think we've given out over a million and a half dollars across the country wow. to organizations. One other thing that we do is we do job fairs. Okay. Uh, we actually did a Philadelphia job fair. I think it was either last year. We're talking about reentry friendly job fairs. Absolutely. So okay. we have employ- second chance employers. Okay. Uh, we did one in Brooklyn at the Nets Arena yep. a couple months ago, and that was a huge deal. Thousands and thousands of impacted people Shout go through that. Shout out to Brooklyn. That's my hometown. <laughs> Are you a Nets fan? Uh, no, I like the colors. Okay, yeah, like, there you go. Yeah, I like your colors too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, so that that's really what we do. We don't provide necessarily direct service, but we try to okay. make sure that our footprint's in the community and that the, those who are providing the direct service get the resources they need. Okay. And thank you all. You provided, uh, I think, a $25,000 grant to our wellness center, which provides food and support and safety. So you see the connection, obviously, between those wraparound services and reentry and mass incarceration. How did you find your way to reform? Tell us a little about Cody. So it's, it's sort of a funny journey. Um, I was born and raised in Iowa. Uh, I met my wife in Virginia. Are there prisons in Iowa? <laughs> not, not that many that I know of. <laughs> okay. There's prisons everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I graduated with a degree, a master's and undergraduate degree in politics policy. Uh-huh. So I've always wanted, I love politics my entire life. Uh-huh. You know, growing up in Iowa, I go to church and, you know, you have a presidential candidate sitting in the pew in front of you. So it's something that's okay. I've always been around. Uh, my dad actually was a state trooper and worked for Governor Vilsack's security okay. team. He's now the USDA underneath um, so your dad was worked in the system. Yeah. And is your dad still around? Uh, my dad is, yeah. And how does he feel about your work? He thinks it's needed. Okay. Same thing with same thing with my brother. He's an Orange County sheriff down in Florida. He's wow. like, we can't lock people up. for Because mental health, policing has changed so much over the years. Okay. You know, like my brother, like the people that he sees and he interacts with, they, you know, they have substance abuse that's right. problems. They have drug problems. That's right. Him taking him to county jail is going to do what? It's yeah. not going to do anything. That's right. So he's always doing his best to try and get you know services to individuals who need it. And here in Lehigh County, sixty-seven cents of every dollar goes to the criminal justice system. Wow, sixty-seven cents, right? So we're talking about uh, policing. We're talking about corrections. We're talking about probation, parole. So that doesn't leave much for all the other services and needs that exist, right? Absolutely. Um, yep. Okay, so finish telling us about your story, your journey. Yeah, so, um, so I grew up with you know, a dad who was a state trooper in, in politics. And so uh, when I moved to Pennsylvania, I got a job with a congressional candidate. And so from 2018 to 2023, I worked on political campaigns. Okay. I did U.S. Senate most recently, state rep, state Senate, congressional uh, and then in 2021, I took a year off from doing campaigns for other people, and I ran for local office myself. Okay. What did you run for? Uh, I ran for township supervisor. Okay. In Westchester? Yep, in East Goshen Township. It's a Westchester address in Malvern as well. But East Goshen Township, we have about 18,500 residents. Okay. And so I won by about 7% decent margin in where we are now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, one of five board of supervisor members, but obviously the youngest. So different yeah, perspective. Yeah. 
How old are you? I'm 28. Okay. How did you end up at reform? So yep. elected official, background in politics, reform is centered around this advocacy political work. So I, I see the connection. Yeah. When I when I look at you, I, I would look think I'd see Meek Mill at reform. But the yeah. work that you do, it makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah. So um, it was after this last campaign, I was really looking at a lot of opportunities, different campaigns. But, you know, I wanted to make sure when I went to bed at night, put my head on that pillow, I want to know it made an impact. Okay. Because at the end of the day, this is an issue that I may have not really known too much about mm-hmm. prior to my time. But someone called me and said, hey, you should look at this. I'm like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Just an opening. Yeah, take it was, a look it was an op- take a look at this opening. Okay. And, you know, I was praying a lot about it. I was like, you know, this is really important. Second chances, the grace, redemption. So many people are impacted. And something I've been blind to. I, right. Like growing up in my community is something that I never really was impacted. So by. most of the times we have folks on, on, on our uh, show that have been directly impacted by the system. So you know why they're here. You know why they're doing their work. What you're saying is you wanted to you, you wanted to have more meaningful work and, and contribute to, to this issue that didn't directly impact you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'll just be honest, you know, I'm a, I'm a Caucasian Republican advocate for criminal justice reform. How often is, is how often insane, do you see that, right? Bro. I I did not know that. Yeah. That's insane. That's it, beautiful. Man. And so when people are always like, you know, it it gives me a really unique perspective because there's so many people that look like me or in the same communities and same yeah. but they don't understand it. And so Making them privy to what's what's really happening, impacting people, you know, it's been a really it's been a really cool journey. What what is your primary? Let's say, give one message to the Caucasian Republican. How did you identify? What did you say? I said, well, I'm a Caucasian male Republican. You know, that so, advocates so for criminal justice. Reform. One message to the Caucasian male Republican on why criminal justice reform is important. I think there's so many different reasons, but for me personally, it's the grace and redemption. You know, my experience growing up, I would have pro- if I got in the system. I wouldn't have the same experience as someone who doesn't look like me. Okay. You know? Okay. And so I think the main one of the main reasons is it's real and it needs to be fixed. It's real and it needs to be fixed. Yeah, the, the revolving door, That's the right. traps that we put people right. in, it's real. And it impacts every single – they may not know how it impacts them, but it impacts them. Oh. You know, like we spend $330 million a year in Pennsylvania locking up people for technical violations. Imagine if a third of that went to community resources, That's right. treatment – you know, our communities would be safer, families would be together, our workforce would be stronger. And we all agree on public safety. Yeah. Everyone wants safe communities. Absolutely. And you're saying that. So so one of the things we always say, I hear you echoing, is we're spending the money. Like, let's put it in places that we know the research has shown. I mean, early child education, prenatal care, like these things matter for mass incarceration, to decrease mass incarceration. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of? Like, like, what's what's something specific? Bill, specific story, specific experience. I think what's one of the really cool things that I have the opportunity to be a part of is our Pennsylvania Safety Coalition. So, mm-hmm. uh, when reform goes into a state, we never go into a state and tell people, "Hey, this is what you need to do." That's right. Because we have so many different community partners and resources on the ground that are doing the work already. Mm-hmm. So it would be insulting for us to come in and tell them, hey, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Instead, when we go into a state, we always start building a coalition of trying to listen to different organizations. It could be a probation officer that's in our coalition. It could be police chiefs. It could be you know a left-leaning organization. It could be any mass incarceration. That's what the beauty of this issue is that no matter if you're in the left or the right or in the middle, this is an issue that impacts every Pennsylvanian in their zip code and that it also impacts every aspect of life. Wow. And so one thing that's really grown with this Pennsylvania Safety Coalition is that it's really cool when I have someone hop on the call. It's their first time. And they're like, hey, you know, I have an individual being released, Camp Hill, and these are the services that they need. And then someone on the call goes, hey, call me after. I know someone that's that right. can take care of it. Because then I know at night, like, hey, this was really worth it. Mm-hmm. Like someone's life, they'll have no idea who Cody Bright is one day, but hopefully our little connection, I was able to play like the networking guy, right? Yeah, Connect yeah. people to resources that changes their life. 
So you, you go to bed feeling satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm on the PA Safety Coalition with you. And I've never wondered what your political affiliation was or anyone on the call because we're all there for the same reason. So, so when you bring that up, it's like this is a topic that can – it oftentimes polarizes people, right? But you're saying there are ways to bring people together utilizing this issue. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when you have a table of a bunch of partners and you have someone from the American Conservative Union, Americans for Prosperity, which are more right-leaning, right? Okay. And then you have someone who used to be the former president of the Pennsylvania NAACP. That's right. Or an abolitionist like myself. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's because everyone has the common goal of, you know, your aspect maybe, oh, you want to save $330 million a year or maybe more of a social justice issue for you. But at the end of the day, we all want the same result. We want safer communities with people who are back with their families. Wow. Readjusting to society. That's beautiful, man. We're going to take a break. We're in the studio with Cody Bright, Northeast Regional Director of Reform Alliance. When we come back, we want to learn about the people, the stories, the impact, and how we can help. What's next for Reform Alliance here in Pennsylvania and across the globe? Thank you. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100 extension 4 or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back to Let's Talk. You're here with Dr. Batts, and we're in the studio with Cody Bright, Northeast Regional Director for Reform Alliance, man. That's a big title. <laughs> you know North what they say East about Regional titles. Director. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm sitting with somebody here, man. No, maybe one day. Tell me a little bit about your coverage area. Obviously, I live in southeast Pennsylvania, so I, I cover Pennsylvania, but I also have New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts all underneath my jurisdiction. Uh, we've done work in New Jersey and New York and Massachusetts before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, New York, we helped with the Less is More Act. Those, those are huge prison states that you're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, the only thing missing is Texas and California probably, right? Yeah, we've Maybe done, Florida. Yeah, yeah, which isn't in my jurisdiction, but we've done a lot of, a lot of work in California as yeah, well. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine. But you said New York, yeah. Massachusetts, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. You know, Pennsylvania is sort of the outlier on that because, you know, in those different states, their jurisdictions, they're a lot more willing to adapt to change and, mm. you know, moving forward and trying mm-hmm. things new. Mm-hmm. And in Pennsylvania, it's a the lot of the Commonwealth is not. Yes. And it all started here. People forget that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the first prisons, man. So, so, so you're working on an issue that is often, we talked a little bit about polarizing. What advice you have for people to get their neighbors to just talk about this issue or come together? You know what I mean? Or their cousins. You're at the Thanksgiving dinner table and you've got an abolitionist or you have somebody that's strong conservative on this issue. How do you bring people together for this conversation? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. I think usually it depends on who you're talking to and you target your message to what they believe in. So, for instance, uh, you know, if your cousin's a big conservative and, you know, wants to be, quote, tough on crime, mm-hmm. you know, and you go to them and be like, do you know how much money we're spending on incarcerating people who have mental health problems okay. or have different treatment things, you know, or people. Okay, I have a question for you then. Have you ever been late to work? Yeah, okay. If you were late to work, do you think you should be incarcerated for it? No, that's silly. Okay. Wow. People are showing up late to their probation Every officer meeting. Day. Yes, and they're going to prison Every for it. Every day. Imagine being incarcerated for being late to your probation officer meeting. You know what that impacts? It impacts your job. It impacts your ability to take your kids to school. That's right. It impacts your ability to go to church, That's to right. hang out with your family. There's so much impacts. And when you come back out, you have to start fresh again. Yeah, yeah. And your kids can end up in foster care, all, all kinds. And then, and then the other part of it we haven't even really touched on is, is prison is a traumatic experience. You know, we Absolutely. say prison is a dangerous, lonely, violent, and depressing place. So for a technical violation, 
missing an appointment, moving, losing a job, a dirty urine, you can end up back in this place. Man. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's what we're really trying to fix is to make sure that people have a real chance to get back into society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many people that enter on probation, you know, two or three years and ends up being seven, eight, that's nine, right. ten years right. just because you can't pay your fees. Why are we locking people up because they're poor <laughs> or because yeah. they're struggling to be able to make ends meet? Yeah. You know, if you're going to put food on your table, you have to pay your fines and fees. You're probably going to put food on the table, yeah. you know, because that's your family. That's right. We shouldn't be locking people up for that. That's why when you look at criminal justice, that's the issue you chose is reforming probation and parole. Absolutely. Because it's actually, I don't have the exact statistics, but there's more people on supervision than there actually are that are incarcerated. Definitely. I've seen those numbers before. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how can we help, right? Like, so our listeners are diverse, broad range of listeners. What can they do? What's next? Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. So uh, right now we have Senate Bill 838. Uh, it does a couple things, and I'll just touch on it real quick. You, you know, just it, go straight for the bill, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'll straight I'll straight for the bill, then I talk about the action behind that. Okay. Um, so it does a couple things. It limits who can be sent to prison for technical violation, how long they can be incarcerated Senate for. Senate Bill 830, and we're talking about in Pennsylvania specific. 838, yeah, Pennsylvania specific. Okay. You know, it also expands termination for people to get off supervision early. Okay. So, you know, if you get your GED, you'll get Votex school. You mm-hmm. get training that you need. You get a job. It would actually lower the amount of time you have on probation. Okay. Because we should be incentivizing people. That's right. To get back. You know, a lot of them are already doing it. Let's incentivize them. Continue. Let's reward them. Another thing is, you know, stopping this one size fits all. We, right. we can't do one size fits all anymore. There's just a couple quick things. I won't go too much into it. But what people can do right now is uh, right now the bill is scheduled to come back into the Pennsylvania House September 26th. Okay. Passed the Senate overwhelmingly 45 to 4. How often do legislators in Harrisburg ever agree on anything? That's unheard of. <laughs> 45 to 4? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm not even going to ask who the four were. Yeah, but. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming back in the House. So, you know, our encouragement would be to just call your state rep and ask them to support 838. Okay. It's common sense reform, saves taxpayers money, reunites people back with their family, and it makes our community stronger and safer. Uh, but, you know, another thing they can do is they can become part of a reform team. You know, we have a membership program. It's if you text reform to 81411, again, it's 81411. It's a good opportunity to stay in the loop. We send texts, emails to let you know updates on legislation, you know, the job fairs that we talked about. You can, you'll be known to that. Uh, we did a community today back in Philadelphia with like resource tables, things of that nature. That's something we want to expand throughout the Commonwealth. Okay. So I'll be coming back to you, Dr. Batson, yeah, the Lehigh Valley. I'd love to have you, man. Um, but, you know, those are the types of things you can stay up to date with and informed on. Okay. One other thing that you can do is if you've been impacted by probation or parole, we really want to hear your story. A lot of the times when you go to a legislator and you sit down with them, they're like, okay, that's not true. That it doesn't happen to individuals. But, you know, if you can come back and talk about a specific individual, like we have someone on our coalition whose son got addicted to cocaine. He was incarcerated three different times. And um, what actually ended up happening is for technical violations, you know, if he would have got the treatment he would have deserved and he would have had underneath our bill, he would still be here today, but unfortunately, he took his own life. So, wow. and there's stories like that all story over. Story after story after yeah. story. We, we we work with folks every day that uh, incarceration harms. It does harm across our community, and it does not help with public safety. No. And I keep hearing you you go back to the public safety thing. The other thing you keep going back to is um, substance use and and mental health issues. I keep hearing you talk about that. Do you see a lot of that? Hear a lot of that in the stories that you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Is, is, is that correlation? Yeah, it's the main correlation because it's something, as you know, if you're incarcerated, it's isolated. It's lonely. You don't get the support that services that you need inside. Mm-hmm. And then they just throw you back out and say, go ahead. Good luck with life. Yeah. Or a lot of times we've heard stories of individuals who've been, they sit in a jail cell for months because of a technical violation, waiting for a court hearing, right? They get released and then an officer may say, look forward to seeing you back in a couple months. Yeah, that's exactly what they send on the way out the door. 
and it, it, it leaves a lasting impression. Right? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Do you do a lot of work with um, the juvenile system? Not yet. Okay. Uh, that is something that we're looking to potentially expand into different states as we continue, you know, whether it's through juvenile probation or okay. things of that nature, but nothing yet. Okay. It's obviously a big issue that needs to be addressed. So the issues are different across the country, depending on what state reforms in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, you know, like I said, we don't only ever go for a one-size-fits-all when it comes to probation terms. It's the same thing when we do legislation. The Iowa legislature is much different than the Pennsylvania That's legislature. Right. That's you what know? I would imagine. And so and the New York legislature is a lot different than, you know, yeah. Indiana. And so when we go into a state, we listen to different organizations and what the problems are. Uh, then we craft solutions together and, you know, we speak with legislators to see what they're willing to um, to pass. So you're currently still an elected official. I am, yeah. What's next for you? You're going to be governor, president someday? Uh, I, I always used to joke. I used to have a sweatshirt that said Future Pres 2032 because I was the youngest okay. that I could be. But I think I'm happy with being a township supervisor for okay. now. Okay. Yeah. You, you sure? We're not going to see you as a I don't think. I don't think for a long time. Okay. Yeah. What, what have you learned in, in that space? And uh, So one interesting thing we talk about reform is you can't run for office if you're a prison survivor in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, that's something can, I did not know. Yeah, you can't. So we're, we're trying to get that changed. That's something that you guys can look at also. Um, I mean, the expungements and pardons have increased in, sure. in Pennsylvania recently. But what is something that you learned from a, a elected official position that you want to share or, or invite others to, to join the movement and run for office? I think it's the thing that every voice matters. Mm-hmm. And so every perspective matters. And you may not agree with them, but we have to bring civility back into this country. If you mm. don't, if you don't believe, if let's say you and I may disagree on an issue, we can't shake hands afterwards and leave. That should be the norm, but it's not. People yell at each other. No one's listening to each other. We're hollering at each other. And so, being a supervisor has allowed me, to, you know, to be able to listen to both sides of the view and to just what's best for the community. Um, but you know, I think every voice matters. And my encouragement to be is, there's a lot of people that run for office. They don't run against anyone. That's right. But you had to get involved. You know, it, I knocked on over a thousand doors. You know, I did mail pieces. It's a lot of work. You don't do it to get rich. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you do it because you want to make a real impact in your community. When you, you know, it's, it's silly, but when you're driving down, you know, my township and you see how pretty our park is or, you know, how there's not much trash or things of that nature. And that's like a real thing that impacts everyone's daily life. Your trash, your recycling, your sewer. And so I think people should get involved. Start local. All politics Start is local. local. Everything is local. Start Absolutely. Local. And a lot of our state reps, state senators, they started as township officials, moved to county, things of that nature. But you get a real sense of what the government should be doing on a local level. Mm-hmm. And how it works. Yeah. And really get your name out there, too. Absolutely. And then when you ride by that park, you said, I had parts in that, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so I can smile. tell my kids hopefully one day, hey, you see that little plaque over that says right. Cody Bray? That's right. I contributed to that. Yeah. So, so there's the work around Reform Alliance. Get involved, make those calls, and you're also saying run for office, and then I would imagine you would encourage people to vote. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we have too many people who only vote in presidential years. That's right. You know, if you don't vote, don't complain. That's always my thing is I talk with people saying, you know, this is terrible. It's like, well, did you vote? Well, no, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote matters. That's right. Especially in the local races, people win by one, two votes. And so I think it's important for people to get out and vote. In Pennsylvania, it's never been easier to vote. You said it's in, never been easier. In regards to mail-in ballots, we obviously okay. needs to expand our resources to okay. allow more early voting and things of that nature. But, you know, we used to only have one day. How are people supposed to work? You know, people yeah, work, yeah. they have families. I, I, I get what you're to saying. To limit now. to one day, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that's unique about Pennsylvania is that the moment you're um, released from being incarcerated, you can vote. Absolutely. Many states, that's not the case. I, re- I learned that recently. I was like, wow, Pennsylvania is actually... Up to the time. It's on progressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say in that case, right? Absolutely. Like, but but that's not known. No. You I, know, and you look at the number of people that are incarcerated in this state on probation and parole, and you think about that, you say, okay, so we could have a huge impact. So even when you think about the work of reform, imagine if the people that have been directly impacted by mass incarceration and those that love them 
would would get out and vote. Absolutely. I think the legislatures would they would learn quickly how many people have been impacted by the system. That's right. And who and how many people care? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In closing, what message do you have for folks? I think my message for folks would be to listen to those around you and those who have been impacted, but also speak up. It's okay. it's time for something to be done, you know. This is in Pennsylvania we haven't had real criminal justice reform done in a very long time. Uh, we have Clean Slate. Obviously, that's another bill that's mm-hmm. working its way through the legislature. Say, say a little bit about Clean Slate. You know, that's, that's a huge bill. Absolutely. There's so many. I don't know the specifics of it, but I just, we've heard stories of individuals who, you know, they'll get to the last process of a job application. That's right. And then, you know, something that they did 22 years ago yeah. stops them from getting I, a job. I see that every day. Every day we see that. And I just think because of one or two mistakes, I make mistakes every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different variants and the degree and how large it may be. But, you know, you need grace and redemption. You need second chances. Yeah, that's a common theme with you. That's, you it's you huge for me. You keep going back to that. You keep going back to that. Because there's been so many times that I've messed up like, okay, you know, got bailed out there. You know, like, yeah. oh, that, that worked out my way. But it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. But the difference is a lot of people don't see it that way, right? So, so we oftentimes will ask folks the question. We'll say, have you ever been pulled over and got a second chance? And they're like, of course, when I was a kid, we had some open containers, this and that. And I'm like, I've never been given a second chance. And people don't realize that's reality. And sure. you said something. What did you say? It's real? It's real and it needs to be done. It's it's real and it needs to be done. The system is broken, right? Yeah. The system at, at every different level, the system is broken and there, there needs to be reform. Right? Absolutely. No intended, but. All right. So, so we're going to go through a, a, a series of questions, right? Okay. What means the world to you? That's an old Cameron song. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to look that. <laughs> yeah, what uh, I would, the world to you? I would probably say my wife and my dog. What kind I know of it's dog cheesy. Is... His name's Fader. He's a rescue dog. Oh. We got him about last November. He's uh, from the South. He lived in a 10 by 10 pen his entire life outside, abused. And it's just great to be able to, you know, allow him to Grace. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> second chance. Literally. Life. Second chance at life. Okay, next, next thing is uh, you wake up tomorrow. This is that miracle question social workers ask. You wake up tomorrow. The world's a better place. What does it look like? couple changes that you see. I think that we can have conversations again with people, whether you agree or disagree. Okay. I think there's more civility. Uh, I think another thing is that um, people are – that's a really good question. I've never actually heard that question before. But I think civility, I think people being reunited with their family because there's so much brokenness in regards to families across this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with you know people being reunited with their parents – with kids especially, mm-hmm. um, happy homes. I think those would be really— You're talking foster care system when you say— Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, adoption's really close. Like my mom, my mom was adopted. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. wife and I look pl- look forward to adopting one day. So that's another nice. thing of like nice. wanting something that we want to— You want to play a role in your community. You you, you want to give back. Yeah. You want your life to be in service, I can hear. Yeah, I just—I don't ever want you know, I, growing up, you know, I always hear like, okay, on your tombstone, what do you want it to have said? That's right. It's because of your birth date, your death date, and that little that little hyphen. What do you That's want right. that hyphen to be? You know, when people think of Cody Bright, what are they going to think of him? And what do you want them? What do you want it to be? I think I want I want people to think that I cared about them and that I gave everything I could back. I didn't I didn't want to take it for advantage. I didn't use people for my advantage to do this or do that, but I actually listened to people and I actually gave back because people just want to be listened to. And that's a big thing with you too. Yeah. Whether it's as a supervisor, whether it's through your work, whether it's coalition building, it's active listening here. Okay, final question, right? Mm -hmm. So we always talk about this idea of of act locally and think globally. What's the global issue that's on your mind? Wow. (laughs) I should have been more prepared for this. Listen, you you can't be prepared because I make these things up as I I go. I know, my goodness. And they say I ask great questions, man. These are fantastic. (laughs) Uh, The global issue... Hmm. I know it's cheesy, but I think it just goes back to having 
being civil with people and having conversation. I know that's really, it's the same thing. I know, but it, I can apply that all across the globe. Yeah, to me, I think every issue it comes down to is that people aren't willing to find a common ground. Okay, and and have a conversation about it. Okay, so it, you're talking whether we're talking divorce, whether we're talking wars. Well, I think a lot of you know a lot of international conflicts because we don't have conversations with them. That's what I'm hearing. That's yeah. what I'm hearing you say. Just because you know it's not like who's got a bigger military, who's got a bigger this, yeah, but like. Yeah. Each country's citizens could benefit from a trade or something like that. Okay. okay. I don't know. It's, for me, it's always about civility and just having conversations. And, you know, there's some things that you're not going to agree on. There's some situations where you're not going to find civility, you know, whether someone's going through abuse, like an abusive relationship, That's things right. of that nature. It's healthy for you to move on and find the help that you need and never be engaged in that again. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's so many problems in our world that could be solved. Not all of them. Trust me, not all the problems can be solved. But problems could be solved if you could actually come down, sit at the table and figure out this is what we both agree on. Let's let's try and achieve that. And, and and that's the invitation, Cody. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your contribution to the world. Thank you for your invitation to sit at the table and talk through the differences and find out what's important to all of us. Right. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Appreciate you. Be well. This is Dr. Bash. You're listening to Let's Talk. And until next time, be great. If you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.